Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where we let freedom ring with a shotgun blast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. Super Bowl is hitting us, Dan. The fever is magnetic. Australia seems to be getting, at least Adelaide, is getting more into an Americanized sport. Um, I guess that's a good thing if you're into seeing something happen and then in nothing for another 10 minutes. Exactly. Like, pretty much Adelaide, because this is the time of the year when Adelaide gets stupid, like yeah. Fringe, Bathurst, Used to be Soundwave, but this is the time of year where everything happens in Adelaide. And why not adopt the Super Bowl? Because that helps with our like bad ADHD at this time of the year. So we thought, keeping with the Super Bowl uh, thing, Loudwire did a list of 15 bands that they would like to hear instead. You know, for the the halftime show, normally they put on the biggest name in pop generally, and yeah. they forget any other genre. So we're here to go through their list because, quite frankly, we didn't want to do one on our own. We're also going to be talking about the much controversial release this year from Machine Head, Catharsis, Danny. A lot of mixed opinions, most of them not good. Can they be salvaged, though, from his favorite Supermetal Brothers? Or maybe we'll, we'll be like the rest of the crowd. Yeah, this could be like another suicide silence. Like, we're taking a creative route with our like, music, and yeah. our fans are going to like it if they're whether they like it or not yeah so yeah it could, yeah, it could be interesting we're gonna see what happens but first on guys let's head straight into the news let's uh, start on a light note with mastodon they're winning the best metal performance at the grammy awards the song is sultan's curse and for all intents and purposes it does sound like a metal song danny we did review this album last year when it came out and to again an album that got mostly good reviews but not without its criticism we didn't care much for it but uh, then again, they probably don't care much for the Super Metal Brothers. They'd be wrong on that. Danny, what did you think of that? Then winning the award over uh, Body Count, Code Orange, and Meshuggah. Well, yeah, it's an interesting thing because a couple of what months ago, even last year, sometime, Mastodon came out and said, "Oh, we don't see ourselves as a metal band," and blah blah. But during the acceptance speech, they're like, "Oh, we want to thank Judas Priest and all these metalheads and all our fans." Like, well, you know. Pick a side yeah. and stick to the side, man. It's basically like the politics of it, and they're just playing everyone field. So, be, are you a metal band or aren't you? Exactly right. If you're going to accept the awards, then let's be honest, you're a metal band. Yeah, exactly right. And Avenged Sevenfold weren't going to win the award. <laughs> after yeah. after saying they're going to boycott it, they were never going to win it. The things were very disrespectful. The, the crowd inside the um, arena, when you know, we are supposed to applaud someone for winning a Lifetime Achievement Award, or yeah. like the war they works so hard for you normally you clap that's probably like as one or two people who clap they're probably the ashes who are like oh we're supposed to clap now aren't we the rest of the people <laughs> they, like they weren't, they weren't just... clapping they were like telling people to move by patting yeah. them on the back yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> it's like if they hold some mics there it might seem like a big deal we're trying to like, catch mosquitoes like, oh, ah, mosquito. yeah that's exactly right uh exit nevermore guitarist jeff loomis remembers warrell dane now we were a bit uh, concerned because on the day of the funeral, the bass player, Jim Shepard, actually came out for the eulogy and did a couple of um, uh, stories about the guy. You know, He was saying how he was tossing to and fro about how he's going to remember him, but we thought, you know what, let's just go out there and remember him the best way, and that's with some really uh, embarrassing stories. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Van Williams also said something about it on his Twitter or something, but it seemed like Jeff Lewis was dead quiet about it, but he's come out and uh, given his opinion on it, and you know, he, he does echo some of the things he said before about... You know, he um, he knew he had his demons, but didn't want to bring it up. And there was a Nevermore reunion being talked about. Now, sadly, that will not come to happen. Danny, some sad news out there for Nevermore fans. Sad news, but 
the great part of that story is that Loomis and Warren Dane were still talking and still very amicable yeah. at the time of his death. And that's something that most of these bands and musicians needed like realize that one day one someone might die suddenly mm. and you don't want to live with not like reconciling. So that that's a nice part of the story. And I guess the sad but pretty obvious part of the story is that like Loomis said, there will be no nevermore. This yeah, is, it. It, it never more is never more. I know it was bad, but then again, they don't pay me to think about very good jokes here. In fact, I don't think they pay me at all. I get it never more uh, as in like done. Nice. My Schneider from Lincoln Park says he has every intention of going on without the late Chester Bennington. Um, they're going to obviously regroup a little bit and come back stronger. A little bit like the Hurricanes tonight. They uh, got smashed by the uh, Adelaide Strikers, Danny. That's nice. quite exciting. I know it's not a metal thing, but then again... Actually, they didn't even use metal bats. I was going to tie this together. So the stadium's made for metal. Yeah, there so. we go. So that was pretty metal. <laughs> going back to it, though, exciting fan things for Linkin Park. I mean, like, Nevermore just announced there they're not going to get back together with the original singer, but these guys are like, oh, he's dead. We'll just keep going on. Yeah. That's a speed bump. Like, yeah. some bands, it's a speed bump. Like, being, getting paid and making millions of dollars, that's more important. Yeah. And bringing the music to our fans is, I guess, a side note, but money. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing will stop their true intention, and that is... But all they need to do is get the lead singer from Threat Signal. Because he's like saying more and more like the Linkin Park guy. Yeah. Every day. Just get him to be the new singer. Yeah, exactly right. And these days, sometimes even the Threat Signal songs are about on par with the heaviness of a Linkin Park See? song. Done. Oh, that's You're right. Welcome. I didn't review that album last year. Oh, come fight me. What up? All the way from Canada? No. <laughs> uh, Joey Belladonna, man, the guy from Anthrax. Uh, he's saying Holy Diver with Killswitch Engage. We all know Killswitch Engage of being mildly happy of borrowing... Uh, certain songs off certain dead legends, dead dead legends that that now have been reenacted in 3D for us to to gawk over. Not me though. I think that 3D stuff looks terrible. Um, what do you think, Danny? Joey Belladonna, like now is this knocks it out of the park? Yeah, he's a great singer. Does a great job of it. Uh, I think the great thing about him as well. Last year he part before like a baseball game, like major league baseball game. They got him to sing the national anthem for like, I think Chicago or something and he knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. you get baseball reference in a thing yes you're welcome oh man you're welcome how many bad puns are we at now <laughs> three nah, oh, that's, that's, that's fair enough yeah, <laughs> he did such a great job of that he actually did a couple of more things afterwards and same here he's a great singer um, shame he hasn't seen for Anthrax anymore but oh. yeah you know what though we got the uh, big four you know we know the big four is being Metallica Metallica 2, um, Anthrax, and uh, the Mighty Slayer. Um, the thing is, Dave Mustaine's come out and said that um, he wants to hold out for the, a big four show, you know, but Metallica don't seem to be on board with this, so he's contemplated doing the big three. Would people go see the big three, Danny? Yeah, because his argument is that, I think, Kurt Hammond or someone said that when you look through the crowd, most people wear Metallica shirts. And yeah. that's fair. They're the biggest band out of the four. But I don't think they've realized that one of those bands called Slayer just announced they're like quitting. Yeah. So unless you're going to like extend another year on their like world tour called the big four final tour, it's, yeah. it's not going to happen anyway. So, exactly. So Metallica yeah. would do well to actually be on that tour because the money, right? But then again, Slayer did announce that um, their final tour is going to be with bands like Behemoth and all that as well. Maybe Dave's in denial. Is it no Slayer? You can't leave me. No, nah, the, Denial or another band from the States, Danny. Oh, I don't worry about it. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm tonight. <laughs> um, speaking of that, uh, Negral there from Behemoth, he actually listened to the new Tool songs and his thoughts, Daniel, where... It was a hypnotic experience. I would say that that was actually boredom on sitting on 
that was falling his ass asleep. What was that, Danny? Yeah, if you read what Negrau said as his comments about a two album, nowhere does he say it's a good album, he enjoyed himself or nothing. It's a very cleverly worded comment and nowhere does he give it any sort of praise. That yeah. is, he's done the most political <laughs> uh, response oh, to a question I've ever read and I'll go say that is brilliant because obviously he didn't really have much things to say about it in, in a nice light because yeah. he literally didn't say anything yeah. nice. As the two people in Adelaide left that actually think too overrated, Superman brother Matt here and Superman brother Dan have to agree that uh, we think Behemoth's Negral is being a bit of a cop out. Just say what you mean. We will like you more. Don't worry about that saying now. I mean, we didn't we didn't listen to it as much as like your other stuff. But you can still save yourself in our eyes, and that is the most important thing right now for your peers. The great thing as well is everybody's saying two albums will come out May, blah blah blah. But the lyrics haven't even been written yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to come out this year, people. Get over it. <laughs> five to six songs, they said. But oh, I'm like, is it, no. which one is it? Is it five or six? You know, but that's, that's the pretentiousness yeah, of tool. Maybe yeah. it's one track. Yeah. And, um, you know, and a girl just cannot understand the mighty force of nature that <laughs> you reconcile with. That is tool. Um, aside from all that, though, Danny, we're going to move on to Iron Maiden with Bruce Dickinson. The guy who started Napture should be locked up. Alone, that quote is very clickbaity. It worked on me. Um, but what do we want to talk about with this, Danny? I've got a little bit of a quote if you want to hear it first. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. It was an act of pure selfish destruction. And what he did was he used the enthusiasm of the audience because the audience is not guilty. They could get all this great music for free. And why wouldn't they? They didn't realize that way they were destroying an entire culture. Quite profound words. words. I talked about this with you this afternoon. We should have recorded our segment then so let's kind of reenact that conversation right now Danny should I take my pants off again like <laughs> that's not necessary that didn't help the conversation at all. in fact it made it a little bit more weirder but yeah. what he's saying is I agree I don't think the internet's caught up yet with the music side of it I mean we've got streaming stuff like with Netflix Amazon and all that um, even with YouTube and stuff like people can stream a movie but they're getting they get to pay for it and someone's getting paid for it but things that we've recorded with Spotify and that the musicians get nothing someone is using their hard work and making a buck out of it because they've got convenience for it and people don't and maybe he's right people don't really materialize uh, the work put into that for their enjoyment and they, they are getting enjoyment out of it you, you walk into a, um, a shop anywhere in the world and they're not playing music it's awkward it's like being on your first date and instead of going for a kiss you uh, realize you had an erection and it stops you from hitting your partner <laughs> Zanny wow. is this where we're going with this is is easy right the money Brucey or is he just over grandalizing and going too large on us what is he doing well again I mean Going on that last point, again, a lot of people coming out now and attacking Napster, but when like yeah. Metallica put their careers on the line, put their things like everybody was silent. So people are like, like Bruce, that's pretty poor, man. You were big enough back then to like help Metallica with your thoughts. And that's what's happened. People are like you were quiet when it needed to be loud and you've helped create this machine. So you should be quiet on this matter because you didn't do anything back when you're supposed to do. Yeah. Unless you did. And if you did, well then I apologize, but I didn't hear your voice, yeah. read your voice in any newspaper. I, I, I like that passionate spew and any reason to slam on Bruce Danny is enough by me. I mean, yeah, like, come you, on, yeah, that vocal uh, line, oh yeah. man, I'll run to the hills. Yeah. Like, what are you running from? Anyway. But it's true. I mean, like, right, people these days, you really can't make money out of music. It's just like you do it because you love the passion for it and all the fancy go on Spotify and stuff. Spotify. Yeah. Just imagine anything. going to a doctor and saying, we don't pay you because the joy of saving someone's life should be a reward enough. I mean, that's exactly what musicians are getting everywhere. It's like, you're making people happy with music. What else do you need to do? And it's like, there's 
far more complicated than that, you know. Mm. Like I was saying before, if you do, if we were to take music out of life, you would hear it in nothing, you know. It became that like totalitarian state, like what BuzzFeed really wants for our society, and then like to start cutting anything that they might find offensive. Could you imagine what kind of world it would be? Uh, no. On nah. a Sunday night, it's too much energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Code Orange telling mice and men the guitarist to eat shit over the a lost tweet. Now, apparently, um, someone threw a guitar at someone or something, and uh, it was a lot of like back and forth about this, Danny. Yeah. What did you get out of it? Yeah, it doesn't seem like they'll be touring together for a while or doing any side shows, because apparently Code Orange were also nominated for a Grammy. When they lost, I was saying, oh, yeah, we're upset we lost, but something about like, the knife cut still or something about oh, being very like teenage angst yeah. type comment very childish yeah. and Mice Men did a comment like oh if Code Orange should have won then so should Norma Jane whatever that was yeah. and apparently that upset people and then it came later on saying well when Mice Men two with Code Orange the Code Orange bass player threw his bass at the um, Mice Men guy because the string broke and he wanted to get a new bass but the Mice Men guy's like I'm not the roadie I don't, yeah. I'm not even a bass player I don't know what the hell you're doing yeah. and then Code Orange replied back with like keep talking so showing their maturity here. Oh man, it's Code Orange, man. We reviewed them last year, didn't we? Danny? Yeah, and I thought the album was pretentious. And yeah. you know what? I think they might be pretentious. Yeah, they because, actually might yeah. be. You know what? In fact, we go back there, that album sucked. Put it in the bottom five. I didn't like it. I yeah. thought it was all, it was like, nah, nah, these these people, these guys seem like douchey. Um yeah. Boo. Douchey is the word that I needed, Dan, because none more gene like has yeah. no one else but Otep come uh. in. To rescue us from the mundane and the predictable and boring by being mundane, predictable and boring. We are talking about the album that's coming out. Danny, there are so many great quotes from this article that I couldn't pick my favourite. So I've got a, a mash of them. All right. Do yeah. you want to hear some of my yeah, favourites from the lead singer? Really do. Okay. Uh, writing our eighth album is not only a blessing for which we are forever grateful, okay, but the number itself is said to have magical powers. And then he, she manages to grab anything that has an eight reference, like Odin's horse or the number of farts I took listening to that sentence or well, the amount of craps I gave. Actually, the, tele- yeah, the telephone area code of South Australia is eight. Is eight. Great, great oh, state. my God. Great it, state. It's very magical. Very magical. Uh, no one is safe from this album. No one escapes. It's powerful, poetic, and patriotic protest music. A lot of people back in the day when they were thinking about what is going to get them excited, like, yeah, you know, that's um, the, the Great Barrier Reef, Danny, you know, you know, potentially that being ruined and putting us billions in debt, whatever, or anything like that. No, it's about they haven't had the right song for it, you know, trying to take down the Commonwealth Bank with all their dodginess. There just wasn't the right song, you know. There was, it's just, it just needed the people to hear it, you know. Um, this one's a good one. One could say it's an activist album, hoping to incite social change and support those who are at the barricades, who are marching in the streets, who are demanding our government to protest against great nation from the enemies, foreign and domestic, including, well, let's be honest, Donald Trump, Trader Trump, she calls it. Wow, low-living cronies, but she digresses. The amount of Self-congratulations yeah. she's given herself right now. She must have popped one of her ribs out for patting herself on the back <laughs> too hard. Like, who comes across and says, this album is going to cause change because our music is so magnetic and Odin has so many legs on his horse? Yeah. And to be fair, like, when I think of people who fight in a cause and 
on TV and on the radio waves and on internet fighting for cause leading change. I I automatically think of OTEP. Like yeah. the last twenty years, she has been everywhere. Yeah, she's been like doing documentaries. She's like Mike Moore learned everything he knew oh. from OTEP. I, she this girl is like amazing. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing right now because um they didn't have the courage before, right? People at home yeah. you just don't. Basically, if you if you this is the thing, if you don't agree with someone, right? But they get elected anyway. Doesn't mean nothing. It just means you need to listen to more OTEP and overthrow the government. That's what happened. That's what happened. Like in the Arab Springs three years ago, yeah. like with Syria and stuff. That was OTEP's work. Yeah, it was OTEP. So it was modest. OTEP's music. So modest. You know? said nothing. Um, wow, these guys are, are amazing, and, and and I just feel that who knows what's possible listening to OTEP's music right now. Well, if she, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to like save the date, everybody. Save that. This is the <laughs> the moment. This human nature changes. Because she's so, she wants everybody to hear and everybody to like stand up and be yeah. proud. I, I have a feeling that this album will be free because yeah. you, you shouldn't be for a, a, such a powerful and emotive and revolutionary album. Surely you can't charge because yeah. that's fighting. That's the machine there speaking. Yeah. You must be offering this for free to everybody. So I can't wait to hear it for free. But the most important thing is when this news got announced was we wanted to know what the public had to think. So we went straight to a metal injection board and they did not disappoint. Basically, if you want to laugh, just head down there and see what the... Uh, basically, the people who have read who read the warning signs, who know what OTIP's about, saying, yeah, everyone can... You know, what a way to bring people together to boo... Uh, OTEP, you know, you know, together. There's no barriers there. And that is the magic of OTEP, Matt. You've just summarized her her power already. Is it the album's not out yet? It doesn't matter what race you are, what sex you are, how you identify as. You know, you can be an attack helicopter, whatever you want. <laughs> the end of the day is we are all bonded to tell OTEP to eat a bag of dicks or vaginas. Hey, we're progressive as well. <laughs> we we understand that you know it's not about that. But let's finish it off, Danny, with Jimmy Borgia, the artists that we know of as being quite interesting to their new taste. You know, they started as a black metal band, then they went a bit more technical, and now they're writing songs for Lord of the Rings, you know, with Screaming. Eonian, the next album they're releasing, which we'll definitely be reviewing this year, is by the guitarist, um, uh, Cillian Oz's uh, admission, this is by no means a stretch, no, this is by no means stretch an immediate album. Denny, this album's not on medium difficulty. Is it either beginner, expert, uh, super expert? Where, where, where are we? Where are we at with the Demi Borgia right now? Is it Kill Instinct like Jake? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Instinct. Like yeah. So he's saying it's not immediate. It's not immediate album. Does that mean like because they've taken seven years to write it? Isn't that what that mean? Yeah, it's, it's going to take longer. Is yeah. What I mean? so, so it took. It was so difficult for them that they put their writing on expert difficulty level. You know, the, you know, the eight stars and Super yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what they did. Um, what do you think? Are you looking forward to the album? Oh yeah, it should be yeah. But I am, but it's just, is this going to be like another one of those things where they keep promising coming out, but then year after year never No, nah, I'm pretty sure it's done. We saw uh, the artwork now, so they're going to come out with a, it's not a tool thing. These mm-hmm. guys seem legit, but seven hours is a long time between drinks. Long time. Well, should be good. Anyway, we're going to review that later. So let's move on, guys. We're going to move on to our question of the week now. Super Bowl day coming up. We are very excited here. The Super Mill Brothers get together every year, watch it with some drinks, some friends, and uh, some downtime. There's a lot of things that don't happen watching the Super Bowl. And uh, one thing we usually use for our toilet break is the halftime show. Why do we get up and empty our bowels when the uh, pop hit, hit of the month is playing in front of a crowd that they're so used to playing anyway in front of Danny? That's pretty much you've answered your question there, Matt. It's pretty much pop music, <laughs> unimaginative, not very exciting, and... 
even when they do play, they only play like three songs. It's only like, what, 15, 20 minutes. By the time That's they right. move their stage out, get all set up with their fireworks and blah, blah, they play like three songs and hit the hay. Yes, right. It's enough for them to make their hammy statement or metaphor about what they think about the current political situation. Mm. But let's not bring O'Tep into this if unless we really have to. <laughs> I want to know what the fans had to say as well. But to be honest, um, we thought, why not go straight to the question that Loudwire has presented already? And they've got, I'm sure, multi-billion faceted um, groups out there who have gotten together and talked about who they really want. So let's uh, let's pick it up. Let's uh, talk about the bands, the 15 bands that should play at, uh, at uh, yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, the first one was, we, we actually had one response for our podcast, yep. which is um, very quiet, very very surprising from our fans. I guess they were probably very touchy subjects, Super Bowl. Very, yeah. very touchy. I understand. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. So, But... Kai Elliott came in and she said, whenever she had, sees these questions like, who would you see, blah, blah, she always wants to see Pantera, even though she knows it won't happen. So, well, very sad. Maybe the uh, Xbox One Presents, uh, we presented last week, you know, bringing Dimebag right. back in uh, 3D graphics. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't think so. I mean, you're going to have to look for the rest of the band. We discussed that last week. <laughs> you know, they're all going to have to be done because there's no way the drum was going to do it. If the drum was going to be there, there's no way the bass player is going to do just, it. Just play like a DVD of the show on the Titatron, the big TV screen. Yeah, done. exactly. But let's go through the list. And the first up the top, they've got Van Halen. This is what I'm thinking. When I was thinking about the list, I was thinking we need sh- studio, you know, we need like arena bands because when you're playing to arena, you kind of need that band to play to it, right? And I think certain things that for me like get taken out straight away, like extreme death metal or you know black and symphonic metal with you know talks about all our holiness, <laughs> Satan and his um, crinions. Yeah, because the intros of those songs are like 10 minutes of just yeah. like auction noises. And by the time they get to a song, oh, okay, we've got to go, fellas. Thanks for having us. Go Patriots. That's right. But Van Halen was an interesting choice. The kind of rumors coming back, they're playing with amazingly a heavy rock-inspired metal uh, singer, Mike Anthony. That's um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, Van Halen's a good choice, but it won't happen. They just, they won't. They just won't get together. Yeah, it's just not. It's, it's, it's an interesting choice, but yeah, Metallica. Like, yeah. man, it would have taken these guys at least three seconds to think of this list so far. Give credit that they put Metallica first. So I'll give yeah. them some credit. No, we can't put Metallica first. It's too obvious. You know what? No, just no. We don't need to see Metallica play live. You've seen them play live. They've come to your hometown at least seven times already, and you bought the merchandise. Listen to the crappy live experience but then you believed it because they had fireworks right yeah. and a good production yeah don't don't give these guys credit the last three years they've done nothing good musically so don't give them keep rewarding them say no no you're done yeah bye bye Slipknot uh, has Arena been interesting but again they're just something about them I don't know I've seen them play in front of a group, big groups but in a stadium maybe yeah look that'd be cool but unfortunately you really can't because of the aggressive tone yeah. to the music it's it it's, it's a shame, but it just won't happen. Guns and Roses with Angus Young. That's uh, kind of interesting. Why not just have Guns and Roses? I mean... Yeah, they're the ones who've come back. ACDC yeah. have um, that Axel Rose, the singer. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't like ride that back to front or yeah, something. Yeah, why not say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't really know. I think yeah, Guns and Roses would be enough because Slash is kind of cool. You know, they had um, Appetite Destruction, which, you know, everyone's favorite album. And then they got other stuff, but no one really cares. It. Yeah. They don't have that cool song from Terminator in it, do they? <laughs> That's right. Again, um, 20 years ago, nothing good recently, so no, get a new right. band. Yep. Ozzy Osbourne, I don't really want to see this guy in his like, 70s who can't even remember his kid's name, let alone remembering the lyrics of songs, yeah. which he doesn't at times. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even know how to use a toilet bowl anymore, so he's going to yeah. be dousing himself with the water and stuff, which is fine, but yeah, we, I saw him when he, when he did the last show with uh, Black Sabbath. We were there, Danny. 
Yeah, but the thing as well, his singing ability is really struggling now. He yeah. can't do any of the higher stuff, and it's it's his past it. Yeah, he's he's, he's on stage performance. His his it's just it's better to remember him as a god than see him like fall apart, just like just like a man. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem. You know, he, we we have all got borrowed time on this earth. And just remembering at his peak is just the most important thing. He should really kind of go at it. And I know he wants to keep doing music. And, I mean, it's keeping him alive. Because what else would be? He's had so much cocaine and ants. It's hard to even know what's keeping this guy working. Actually, ants are pretty hard working. They don't sleep. So maybe that's a trick to, like, long life. Keep ingesting ants and they, like, don't sleep and they help keep yeah. run your body. And for those of you who don't know, if you've read the Motley Crue book, you realize that he actually snorted a line of ants to outgross the guys from Motley Crue uh, before licking up the drummer's urine. So Aussie's the real deal. At least he was, I think. Um, are they, they going to show that in the new Dirt movie as well? Oh, God. <laughs> it has to make a rise. It's been yeah. the 13 cuts of it, right? What about Kiss, Danny? Um, any reason not to see Gene is important, and I think giving these guys any more money than they need is a disservice on humanity. I mean, there are kids who are you know, malnourished. You know, They haven't got access to clean water and that, but they can be happier knowing that they never met Gene Simmons or her Kiss. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you're right. It is an obvious choice, but no, I just don't like Kiss. Yeah. They don't deserve it. And so is Rob Zombie. I'm like, yeah, again, we saw him at Soundway back in the day. But for us, I don't know. I don't know enough of their songs. Um, I know a lot of people are happy with them. They really like them. But I'm like, eh. We move on to what about uh, Def Leppard, Danny? Your favorite? <laughs> Why are they my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what about Scorpions then? Uh, again, I mean, <laughs> they're like, yeah. Power um, bands from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Vixen, we're kind of just throwing yeah, out, you mm-hmm. know, something that had... Uh, well, but the other, the other two were basically guys dressed up as girls and now Vixen's like girls who are hot but yeah. don't look as hot as the girls from Def Leppard. Yeah, those bands like have two or three... I guess actually they only have two or three great songs so that fits into the whole we only have 15 minutes to play your stuff. And this is the problem with this list. Now they're not they must be taking the piss now because they're adding things like Kid Rock and uh, Prophets of Rage. I'm like, come on. Like, stop taking the piss. But they kind of bring it around towards the end with uh, Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters. I think both of those are, yeah. in all sense and purposes, a um, good yeah, choice. A good choice yeah. for the Super Bowl. However, I've got one, and I don't necessarily love this band, but I think would transition really, really well Ooh. for all those uh, testosterone fueled um, guys out there who are most likely going to commit uh, acts of domestic violence in the near future. Wow, Volbeat. Yeah, that's cool. Volbeat or Sabaton? Yeah, Sabaton would be harder because there's that uh, kind of like style which I don't but think... But they come out like on tanks and stuff. We're nah, so aggressive. Yeah, tanks, ships and all that would yeah. be good. I'm on a Marth maybe as well. But I just kind of feel like that return would be good. What about that reincarnation of Dio, Danny? You like that? <laughs> With the 3D inflated <laughs> bee-stung Dio, you know? <laughs> Seeing true. his favourite concert from 2007 or whatever it was yeah. and uh, rehashed with his uh, still-alive bandmates. I mean, why not with that? Yeah, that, that's all acceptable. They won't choose it. For some reason, they, they won't pick a Dio band. But, uh, no. but Volbeat is good. Uh, very non-offensive. Well, pretty rocking. Trying, trying to think of bands we actually did. And I think like hearing songs like uh, like, you know, hearing that live would be awesome. That, that'd be great. It's very emotional. Very very related to Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you don't really know what's going on but yeah. you're having fun with it. So yay. Yeah, it's like Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's great. You want, you want bands which are like uh, rocking, upbeat and to lift the game yeah. up. Yeah. I think that's the problem. A lot of these like halftime shows, the people they choose, they're not that. They're yeah. like boring and they're very like to softly and oh crap, pop bands. Like now I'm just like, this is like a battle game. Yeah. Like, one off 
lift me up, raise the intensity, get me excited. And halftime show comes, you just like kill the buzz with these average bands. Yeah. But you know who's not average? Symphony X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Come on, just imagine that, like, uh, Rise of the White. Yeah, You'd be like, yeah, I don't care what team wins, man. Yeah. This game's awesome. It's kind of, like, more awesome. Just more awesome things, like getting a steak with your favorite, like, dessert on it and that. But, like, maybe not together because that'd be weird. But Symphony X are awesome. Symphony X are awesome. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Anytime we can, like, mention him in this podcast, oh, we're, we're doing man. a good job. Now I'm coming, Danny. Can you, can you handle well, it? Can you handle the truth? They're writing again. It normally takes them four years between albums, but at least they're writing. So we've had a lot of fun, Danny. It's time to get serious now. It's time to move on from our awesome adventure we've had. We're talking about the Super of the Bowls. Now we need to move on to our CD review this week. The much-talked-about album this year, Machine Head, everyone's got an opinion on this thing. Everyone's had something to say, whether they loved it, whether they hated it, and they're going and rate it. Danny, we need to give our opinion on this because, let's be honest, man, we need something for the top or the bottom five of the year. Are you a big Machine Head fan, Danny? Do you know the band quite well? You're familiar with it? Is it like the back of your left hand because you know you spend a lot of time by yourself, or is it a little bit like um, a no ground territory? Yeah, again, Machine Head for some reason, like Machine Head, Fear Factory, those bands never, I never got into that. Those bands. So for me, this is I'm taking this on the merit of the album on itself. I'm not really going back to like, oh, if only they sound like this album, or if only of this album. So me, this is quite, like I know of the band, a couple of their songs, but again, nothing really substantial, man. And yourself, man, you're massive. Well, Burn My Eyes is what I got into when I was in my teens. It was an album that was fairly strong because it was simple in effect, but it had a, enough going for it for you to be hooked, you know? It had a bit of aggression. It had some raw energy about it. The production values weren't quite right, but it felt it felt fresh and it felt good and... Uh, they would kind of test some waters with going into the new metal stuff, with Burning Red and that kind of thing. Then they kind of rehashed it for a bit. And a lot of the fans would admit that they went a little bit low. They were just not really doing much to excite anyone anymore, kind of like resting on their laurels until they would release The Blackening, which would be one of the most um, respected albums almost of the new generation of groove metal, you know? I guess they call it like that uh, whole... A uh, new wave of American metal or something? Is that what they go ahead and do it? Like the Panteras and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, name no, of God, good. you know exactly. Yeah, they did the, another album which I got as well called I think the Locust or something. And again, more like the Blackening, but not as good for me. Uh, some people might have disagreed with them. That's fine. Don't listen to their podcast because <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Probably, probably don't even have a podcast. You know, they probably don't. Um, so. Let's talk about now this album. We are talking about Catharsis, a 75-minute length album. That's ambitious alone. Like, if I've got to do anything for 75 minutes, I'm going to get pretty bored or, like, my attention span is going to need, like, a break or something. Yeah, and it's, like, 15 tracks, which get a lot of tracks, and each track is, like, five... Average out to five-minute track. It's like, oh, so you... Yeah, couldn't someone just come on and say, because a good length for an album for me is anywhere from about 35 minutes is a short end, 45 to 50 is where I tap out, you know, because you know that they've gotten the best of what they've done, they've taken all of it and condensed it into a beautiful puree of awesomeness, you know, that you can fit anywhere you need, but this year, this is a lot of baggage, a lot like your ex-girlfriend, Danny. Well, I don't have an ex-girlfriend. That's why. (laughs) Well, she would if she would tell if she could talk, she would say that she had a lot of baggage. Yes, um, definitely. Yes, you know the strip of that had the seven kids to eight different fathers. I know it was weird, but anyway. All right. What do you want to talk about this album first, Danny? Because 
we've already framed it that it was mixed. Uh, but generally, people didn't like it. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I think the tone, we've already kind of established that we've, we're talking about how long it is and how many tracks they are and how each song is five minutes. It kind of really sets the frame that we were like counting the time and we're yeah. counting the length of tracks or counting how many tracks there are. And that's the problem. There's too much music. Well, actually, not even too much music sounds like it's very orchestrated and a lot of going on. Yeah. But it's just a long album with... And they're really stretching out their imagination over like 15 tracks. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that feels like a problem. But getting into these tracks right now, and the first thing I can say is right now is that there is a heavy melody. The, the, what I remember from this band is a lot of the aggression, the intensity and all that is pretty much pushed aside for a more blended of different flavors to the point of there are so many different movements and ideas happening through songs that it's almost jarring actually it's jarring it's it becomes that they're not resting on their strengths anymore and they're just trying to throw punches a little bit like a drunken boxer taking on mike tyson in his heyday he's just kind of like throwing his arms around and flaying but what he wants is some good stiff punches at the right time some nice haymakers but this one it, it, this album for the most part uh musically is just kind of boring like yeah. there was for what i remember the band being that like you said to me before, there's a couple of cool riffs in certain tracks, Danny, that you would like to talk about. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Well, the best one is definitely track three, which is pretty much a strapping young lad ripoff. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. But again, you're right. They've picked too many themes for this album. Being, I guess, 15 tracks, you can do that, but it's not what you want to do. Yeah. So they got, like, their slow emotive songs, and they got their, like, party rock songs, and they've got their, like, groove songs, and their thrashy songs, and slow songs. Yeah, they're ticking every oh. box to make sure they've done it. But the thing is, is that... Every song is guilty of, if you don't like the first two minutes of the song, don't worry, because then after that, they do something which throws a, a curveball in the song. So, like, I think I'm talking about songs like um, Psychotic and Grind You Down and stuff like that, where you hear the song for two minutes and it feels like it's framing itself to be a certain feel, but then it will do something. Another riff will come in and just jar you out of it and being like, Ah, okay. So now, now this song isn't a ballad anymore. It's a, it's it's a thrash number or whatever. Maybe they're doing it to be clever, but um, it was just so much of that over seventy five minutes. It was getting really hard to just enjoy anything because they weren't even enjoying doing something. I guess yeah. I don't know. It was hard to describe that. Well, exactly right. I just I feel like I don't know. I guess catharsis is like when you releasing like. Yeah, pent up rage. Yeah, rage through music. I guess to Rob Flynn, this was that. Like, if you read the lyrics and stuff, none of the lyrics are just terrible. Yeah. They're written from like a 16 year old child's point of view, where he's like using the F word for like no reason. Yeah. Um, the, the album starts with it, he goes, I, like, what, F you all. And then that's like, that's how you're going to start an album in Dude, your 40s. And the thing is, like you said, the, the strapping on left riff is nice, but to be honest, the only time I was really enjoying the metal riffs from the guitar was either the guitar solos, most yeah. of them were really good. They were great. They you know? were great. Yeah. Or the uh, Heavy Lies the Crown, where in, by the second minute onwards, was actually a metal song that had emotion to it that was tied to it. Aside from that, though, Danny, I can't pick much of this album that I really would go back to. Maybe the song Catharsis had some nods and winks where they do with um, Blackening, where they'll kind of play riffs, but they'll keep just changing that slightly a little bit more, and they'll keep twisting a riff. And to do as much as they can with that one riff idea, and sometimes it's clever, but necessarily is it doing what it's supposed to do? And that's per, per, like get your enjoyment, pulling out the emotion of the album. And I, I got nothing, man. I didn't feel anything listening to this album. There's not one time where I was like, man, this is a sad song, or this is like, 
you know, like a song he's sitting in down and talking to his kid about something and it's like that because he would do something to do it, to, ro- to ruin it. Like yeah. every song he would do, he would s- smash the pool cue into his foot and break his toe. Like yeah. it's... Yeah, that's why he tried with that hope begets hope. They try to start slow acoustic section. Yeah. But then we'll guess what, like in party rock, that fast. Yeah. yeah. Man, like, it's what, like you've ruined rock. it. Yeah. But he does Every song guilty of it. Every song has a tone that is automatically derailed at one point. To either add in an awesome guitar solo or just a riff that just could have gone to another song or made a song shorter. Hey, yeah. I wouldn't call that. I think there's a problem. They try to extend his songs. I don't know if he's trying to show his maturity or whatever, like making long progress. Ambitious, I'm guessing. Yeah. That's the only thing I'll put it down. He wanted to be ambitious. He took a lot on and uh, he got swallowed by the weight of it all, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, it's just it's just too much. Again, 15 tracks is a lot of music. And it's a lot of music. And then, you know, it's not good. That's the worst thing is yeah. that these, like I said, the guitar lines in it, we are the Riff Brothers, you know? And Machine Head are the Riff band. There should be like, we should be always like looking forward to the next uh, Shred Fest. And they can do it to a degree. But for the most part, man, uh, it was pretty hard. I mean, the drumming's fine. He's a good drummer. Guitar work, obviously, they're competent and they're tight. Their tones are good, but... Man, those ideas, those riffs, mm. those uh, the combination of the songs together. But the most important thing is the what I considered the worst part of the album, which is the reason why a lot of people were hating it. And uh, Danny, what do you think that is? Well, I'm just going to guess, but I'm going to say, well, I think the lyrics are shit. That's my worst one. Not only are the lyrics shit, because they are, let's not be honest, it's hammy metaphors, it's all the stuff we gave fun of uh, Butcher Babies. Like, how do you start an album with... Uh, fuck the world yeah. you know it's like yeah that's someone in his 30s who has made an incredible living out of playing music and having the audacity again to like rip on uh live shows because he, he has to play in the cold sometimes you know like come on man you got yeah. guys in the garbage trying to make things work for their kids and they're like dying from ammonia and the shitty uh, healthcare system and you're worried about getting your fingers cold like, and this is the guy we're talking about you know yeah and that, that, that could be, but it's just, yeah, the lyrics are just terrible They're all over the shop. Like, songs don't really make sense structurally. Yeah, but the worst thing this guy commits is his singing. And yeah. it's bad. It's there, there is not much redeemable with his vocal uh, style. He's flat for the most part. Yeah, there's one of those parts near the end there on the tracks. He tries to get this like higher section because it's a bit more motive. Yeah. It sounds. But, but when he harmonizes on himself, Danny, it's bad because his yeah. vibrato's off, so it sounds out of tune. Yeah. So anytime he's doing it, he's. With the modern metal the way it is, you can make anything. And this is a model metal sounding production. Like it sounds pretty high class. Everything's mixed to a T. Everything's cut. All the dots and uh, dotted. All the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed. But how the vocals sound this bad with that production is a testament to. I think he's actually a really bad singer. Like, yeah. and he too, and he did too much of it because back in the day he was just screaming and with burn my eyes and blackening and stuff. It was it was at a at a level which was fine. It was his strongest one, but even his scream on this album now has changed to a point of is is it a parody? Is it like literally is he making fun of heavy metal? Because <laughs> it's like that bad. It's like someone taking the piss of, of making fun of metal by doing that that shitty voice, and it, it sounds like he's doing it off the whole album. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be that he tried to add more of that like spoken aggressive tone, talking yeah. type. Gangs, not gangster rapper, like what um, Ice T would type doing, like aggressive uh, talking. It's not yeah. singing, it's not screaming, just aggressive talking with a melody behind it. So it yeah. sounds like yeah. One song rhyming. even does that kind of like slow talk into a thing. He starts to sing. He does that uh, folk song, yeah. and he kind of does a bit of both. Like, what is it? Are you singing? Are you doing that? It's like it's just there's no like real conviction in anything. It's just ideas, just yeah. thrown against the wall, and whatever stuck 
that's goal, right? That's Super Bowl day Monday for you. Yeah, because like even track two, he tries to get into that like layered vocal section, makes it sound like a periphery type song. It's like fine, but again, it doesn't go with the rest of the album or nothing else in the album. Like you do it once on one song. Where's the concept? What's and, the yeah. idea? What are you tying this all together? Like you got Whitehead who managed to create an onslaught of heaviness and evilness compacted into a digestible serving that you could really enjoy. Well, yeah. This is just what is it? It's yeah. just a mash of fucking noise. It's it's actually like I, I I had to try so hard and I didn't even finish the album. I got to the 14th track and I was so bored and so frustrated that I'm like this this even if these last two tracks are never more contenders or like something that Symphony X would would put in as they're opening their album, I probably don't think this album is salvageable at all. No, oh, the last song was pretty much, it's called Eulogy, where it's pretty much like a soft-spoken thing again, and a little bit of rock in one part. But again, it's just, it's just like, I don't know, he's a bit contrived, really, the whole album. He's just trying to, again, it's just too many different, like, it's like when you go down to the Royal Show and you go on that like yellow brick road and you yeah. get a bit of each stall and put it in your bag. It's where it's kind of done. It's going to each like stall in the supermarket and picked one from each section and chucked in the bags and here's yeah. my album. It's like, well, you need... Uh, maybe it's his first attempt at doing like a progressive album and he doesn't understand the elements needed for a progressive yeah. album. But you have... There has to be some sort of like path or link or repeating themes. You just can't do yeah. 15 different songs and put them together. So here you go. Take it. So that's the thing is that I think for most uh, Machine Head fans, they, they're, they're safe in the fact that the, the band's giving you a lot of good albums. Yeah. So, you know, what's one that's like a bit average? You know, like it, they, they completely missed the mark. This is like a Suicide Silence bad album. Oh, it's like not that bad. <laughs> that's really oh, bad. Oh, that, that was really that bad. Was that was complete music. departure. And oh. not only did they just throw away anything that made the band great, they also had the audacity to piss on everyone that disagreed with them. You yeah. know, whereas this, they've kind of like taken their critiques and they're like, oh, you know, haters will be haters. But... Apart from a very much diehard Rob Flynn fan, you're not going to enjoy this album. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing was my missus walked into the room and said, oh, this sounds good. And I'm like, this is a bad... Like, it's, it's, it was like the most poppiest part of the song. It sounded like it belongs on an 80s uh, record, like in the, you know, like a Scorpions album, not a, not a Machine Head album. But, you know, they tried something new. It sucked. The end. Yeah, pretty much. And in the words of Machine Head... There's no, wait, and there's no moral to the story. Read the lines in between. Because that's what happens when you balance life on a triple beam. Uh. Triple beam's a type of scale, people. <laughs> what are you talking about? And that sums it up. Yeah, the end. The end. If they knew a little bit more what they were talking about, maybe if they, unfortunately, I think they're the worst thing about them. They have people like Metal and Jackson and that Metal Sucks putting these guys evangelizing and making sure that whatever they say doesn't make them feel like their shit doesn't stink. But man, this poo is so rotten, it's just down to bad diet. And in the words machine again, fuck the world. Yeah, F the world. <laughs> F and this with, album. <laughs> F this album. And with that, we're at the end of our show. You know, I think a lot of people knew we were going to go with this. Um, there is it, when Sometimes when the majority of people come out and say something, sometimes they can be absolutely right. And the metal culture, uh, a lot of these people are just calling it for what it is. It's a bad album. Let's move on and hopefully something better will come out. But hey, Dimmy Borg is coming around. You know, who wants to hear some evil shits with some groove stuff? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, exactly right. So um, hopefully we get a better one next week. We started a year well with the one time. Oh, that was this awesome, was bad. Yeah, so hopefully bad. the roller coaster picks up again, like the cryptocurrency um, stock market at the moment. So up and down, up and down. Hopefully oh, the we, bitcoins, yeah. Bitcoin stuff. Hopefully we uh, go up again this week. 
And with that, uh, end of our show. If you guys want us to review any story or any CD or anything like that, or want to talk about a certain subject, head over to facebook.com forward slash Give us a like and uh, send us a question. We're happy to answer it and uh, feature on our show. Till then, I've been Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We are the Super Metal Brothers. Don't buy the latest Machine Head album and we'll catch you next week.